0: This is rock isn't dead. It's just sleeping. With your host, William Whitebread, and White Audio Slave steward.
1: God! Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Rock Isn't Dead; it's just sleeping with yours truly, Willie Whitebread. Mark the audio slave. Oh man, what's up, guys? Fucking another hellacious week and another evening of Mark keeping me up way past my bedtime.
0: When it's uh, what is it? It's eight thirty. When well, it's nine thirty? Can't even
1: fucking tell time. Fucking oh
0: my God! I thought we were a mountain time.
1: Uh, mountain time. We <laughs> are kind of mountain time. So tonight we are going to be talking about the weird synthesized, music-video-oriented age of the 80s. Mm. The neon dream of the 80s.
0: Well, not only the synthesized times, but the the hair and the glam rock <sighs> and just the whole, let's dress up like a woman and put some hairspray in her hair and lipstick on her lips yeah. and get out there and shred it. Yeah, when every- C.C. DeVille style.
1: Yeah, when everybody figured out that they really wanted to be Dave Bowie. They're like, well, late for that party. Yeah, Ziggy's actually kind of fucking badass, man. Why don't we be this guy? That's what it was. I'm going to start off by talking about the, for me,
0: when I think of 80s hair metal, I think Motley Crue. Motley Crue were the biggest party band of that whole genre. In my opinion. I mean,
1: that's just my opinion. I and that, and not just because the movie just came out and all that bullshit. That was a cool movie though. It was a great movie. Yeah. The Dirt, know? if you guys haven't seen that, go check out The Dirt on Netflix. It's a movie a uh, uh semi-fictional movie called uh, about Motley Crue and their Yeah, comic. so I ha- I have a
0: 12-year-old son and I, I the opening, you know, the that that movie was pretty
1: Pretty raunchy, to say the least. Was that Vince Nail railing some fucking strip or whatever? Well, was? No,
0: no, no. It was when, when they had that one continuous shot where they were, we were walking through their apartment, but the the door was locked all the time. They nailed it shut because the cops were always constantly banging on that door. Uh, so everybody came into the party to their, their apartment. They came in on the sunset strip. They would come in oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 through the right. window. And so it was this one continuous shot of somebody coming into the party, and then you see the band members, and they're all drinking and drugging, and then you see some girl on the couch, and she's shooting fucking... Ping pong balls out of her pussy and stuff. I mean, it's just it's insane. Like the beginning. See, that's what I want. And so, like, I'm watching. I'm watching this with my 12 year old. You know, the, the oh, beginning. He needs to know. And I'm like, you know what, Wes? This might be inappropriate. He let's he, let's change it. He
1: needs to know. <laughs> yeah. It was funny, man. I saw the other day on Facebook. I was scrolling through, and I saw this um, this like black and white, like you know, how, you ever seen King Kong, the original King Kong? Yeah. I yeah. was like that frame to frame kind of like shitty. With no audio, just, you know, whatever. So it was kind of one of those shots with Tommy Lee and this girl. And it was like, it had this over, over commentary. And it was like, oh, well, Tommy Lee asks the... Uh, the princess, if she would marry him. And he presents this little ring, and she's like, oh, the princess said no. And Tommy Lee went on to fuck big-bootied big, bo- uh, big bootied blonde bitches, and ride his Harley up the Sunset Strip. And the Come whole on. time, and Tommy Lee's like, holding his thumbs yeah. up, and he's like, he didn't have any fucking alimony. Nobody running after him. That's Tommy Lee. And that's his life. I mean, by the time he got to Pam Anderson, she was definitely like, <laughs> cut up
0: and, and blown up every which way she could possibly be. But... He got Heather Locklear in her prime. Heather Locklear was oh, yeah. like probably one of the hottest women ever to walk the space of the earth. Yeah. Celebrity wise, you know, in my opinion. What did you think about MGK playing him? I thought it was pretty cool. I, you thought, know, I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. And I didn't even know it was him until like probably like a couple of days after I watched the movie.
1: Really? Yeah, I, I just didn't even realize it. M G K plays in a in a few pretty cool um like music based movies. He was in you, you've seen SLC Punk, right? Long, long time yeah, ago. Yeah, there was an S. Well, there's an SLC punk too. Oh, and he and, was in that. And yeah. MGK's in it, and he also plays in that that show, Roadies, on Showtime. Okay. Which is I don't know if you've ever seen that show. No, I haven't. You yeah. need to watch that one, guys, and Mark included. You need to watch Roadies on Showtime, and you also need to watch Vinyl on HBO. That's a pretty good one. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, back to the '80s. the The early '80s, like 1980, no. that was a fucking strange time in rock and roll. Motherfucking rock stars were dropping dead left and right. You yeah. know, you got John Bonham. Yeah, he died of alcohol poisoning in mm. 1980. I don't, I forget the exact month. Um, and that, that 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 was the catalyst to Led Zeppelin's demise. They they stopped playing after that. Well, I mean, that's a big loss. I mean, he was that, an insane drummer too. Yeah,
0: I mean, that was back when drummers mattered. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. these days you can be a drummer in a band and they'll they'll, they'll nix you like. No, you know, like oh yeah, like they, run him,
1: right, they run through run through them left and right. But uh, so John Lennon, he also got shot outside of his uh, New York City apartment yeah uh, december 8th 1980 yeah he got shot and then uh who else died in 1980 who else died oh bon scott the original singer of acdc mm. he died in 1980 mm. so people were just fucking dropping left and right
0: acdc just actually announced a tour for uh, 2020
1: i saw that yeah i'm i'm i don't know if i'll be able to make it to that but.
0: well you know it might be daytona rockville
1: Oh, that's yeah. what they're, they're speculating that now really I've heard a lot of things about Metallica going there possibly as well
0: uh, yeah Metallica System of Down's getting back together blah 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 oh,
1: we'll, yeah. we'll we'll just see it. we'll see in uh, in October with what's going on with that. <laughs> so yeah so <clears throat> in the 80s you saw a lot of different transitions because uh, like any different di- generation obviously we've talked about this many times you had the new wave coming in right yep. the hair metal guys coming yep. in the glam rock guys coming in but you also on the other side of the fence you had the thrash metal guys Mm. Right, the Slayers, the Anthraxes, the Megadeths—you know, Metallica—they were around in the eighties. Oh yeah, later oh, eighties. Yeah. But you know, they so you had two separate scenes. Well, you, you can't have Metallica without without Megadeth. Well, oh, right. You know, Dave yeah. Mustaine. Everybody knows the story on right. that. You yeah, know. yeah, and you also had like Slayer and and uh, you know shit like that, Iron Maiden, whatever. Anthrax. Yeah, I said anthrax, Mark. Did you? Because I, I didn't anthrax. hear it. Well, I said. Well, it. yeah, well, next time I'll hear it better. <laughs> I need to I need to use my man voice. A lot of people say I don't talk I don't talk loud enough. I'm the man. Right. I'm the man. And also, another notable thing that happened in 1980 is the Rubik's Cube was invented. Ah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I uh I remember getting that as a
0: kid and uh you know, giving it a shot for about five minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, th- <laughs> thank you to all
1: two people in the universe that cre- that, that got one and ha- actually have finished it. And then there's those Dagon like,
0: super Rubik's Cube freaks that know how to, like, solve it in ten seconds. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, without taking the stickers off. They do it quicker than I come, and that's saying <laughs> something. You know? But, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, you had that, that, that breakout in the mold, and you had that transition into the hair metal stuff. And you also had a different... A really a really big transition in how people interpreted music, how people took in music, because vinyl then went to cassettes. Yes, yes. you know what I mean, and that was really convenient because obviously you're not well. Carrying when around when did
0: fucking... CDs come out? I mean, Before
1: ninety, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So you have you know, in, well, in the genre, in the in that ten
1: year span, you you have you know two major switches in the in the music you know listening area. Right, and the compact disc, and it's funny enough because those. When the compact disc first came out, that was an expensive motherfucker. Like those things weren't cheap. Oh no, yeah, they you were. You know what I mean? They terribly. were much more expensive than albums than vinyl. Mm-hmm. And now, the, now it's flip flopped. Now vinyls are much more expensive. Then than we CDs. had singles. Yeah, you when had the the single LPs. It was
0: not until the cassettes came out is when we started getting the singles. You know, uh-huh. you, instead of spending, you know, twelve bucks on a whole album, you could spend three dollars and just buy one one song with a side. You know,
1: right. So yeah, you had the you had the hair metal cats like uh, who are we talk who are we talking about? We got Motley Crue, right?
0: Motley Crue, we got
1: Poison, Poison right? You had Rat, Quiet Riot, yeah. Ozzy was in there somewhere. Well, Ozzy was in there. A lot. That he was. I feel like he Ozzy Osbourne, He was uh he was in a, an entire thing of his own because he wasn't thrash metal, mm. right? But he wasn't a hair band, right? Either. Right. So he was one of those kind of ambiguous. I would almost loop Bruce Springsteen into that as well. Cause Bruce was kind of his own little ambiguous thing, you know, and he had that top 10 hit Hungry Heart in 1980. So he was, he was there, he was prominent. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then uh, like, I'll tell
0: you what, he really didn't until, until MTV came on the scene, he really, to me, didn't have the, the super stardom that he was, you know, he he became until MTV made him that way, Mm -hmm. you know, and he, he had that first, one of his first videos, uh, dancing in the dark, where yep. uh, he pulled Courtney Cox from Friends on stage, and that was her first oh, yeah. uh, experience on TV ever. Yeah. And he pulled her on stage, and, uh, you know, how pissed off were you, were you if you were the other chick next to Courtney Cox and you didn't know what was going on, and oh. all of a sudden he was just like, you, come up here, you. you're going to dance in the dark with me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know, man. Like, the 80s was definitely a weird... A weird conglomeration of things, and and with Ozzy, Ozzy had you know he had three albums in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. He had you know Blizzard of Oz, Diary of a Madman, and I forget the other what was the other one.
0: Mm, I can't think of. I one. can't
1: I can't remember the other one, but those were great albums. Yeah, oh yeah, those oh were great. yeah, those were great albums. Uh, but that's all we really saw out of them, and that's you know that was obviously in the Randy Rhodes years yeah. before he died, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. going on a you know. A whim of a of a, of a what a f- flight yeah, you know I mean, what a fucking guitar come- player oh my god I mean he was
1: sick, sick. way before his time
0: oh definitely absolutely definitely. way before with his all time. those harmonics and this this, uh,
1: this finger tapping he was doing it was way before I- anybody else was doing it and I was really surprised he left he actually left Quiet Riot to go be with Ozzy yeah and that's crazy to me like because Quiet Riot was big in that time oh yeah Quiet Riot was still killing it yeah yeah but I you mean know? Ozzy's Ozzy
0: I mean come on you know yeah legend you're not gonna you're not going to sit there and go, oh, well, you know, I know
1: Choir has one hit, but Ozzy's got several. Yeah. You know? And that was also uh, in the early 80s. I think it was 80 or 81, one of the two. That's when Ozzy bit the head off the bat. Right. And a lot of people misunderstand that
0: story. Mm-hmm. So, like, he didn't do that. Like, he didn't intentionally do He didn't that. know. He thought it was fake. He thought it was a, yeah. he thought yeah. it was a plastic bat. So like he he just you know, somebody threw it on stage, he's like, Oh, look at this.
1: Oh, and oh shoot. Blood fucking spurt now. This thing is real. So But I wanna know, like, that's the difference between shows today and shows back then is how the fuck did you manage to get a bat into a concert? A live bat. Like where did you where where I mean, was back that? Back then though?
0: there was no security. You just walked in with whatever the hell you had on you and it was like fine. There was no pat downs and there was no metal detectors and people sifting through your stuff with, with wooden sticks i mean it was just walk in give me your ticket and you're in was, you know is that not the craziest concept i mean especially by today's standards i mean baseball games here in jacksonville are the same way there's just nothing are they really yeah you can walk in with you know six flasks strapped to your
1: leg nobody would know the difference well, I, that's kind of how I walked into Rockville. <laughs> exactly. I had a fucking whole bottle of vodka medical tape to my inner thigh with the spout of it chafing my taint yeah, the entire exact, way through. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that back, in, back in those days, you know, you, you, guns, knives, whatever you, you wanted to bring, bombs, whatever, you can get right through. I mean, back in those days, people weren't thinking like that, but
1: and they didn't really have a whole lot of because I feel like society was different. Like the music fans were different; they were more dedicated to music, right? Back in those days, because that's when music was still music, not that guttural bullshit we have coming out on the radio. I don't even know, like, like I, I, I've said it before. I don't even know what's out. Like, what is what is the genre now in comparison to like the sixties, seventies, and eighties? Well, and stuff.
0: the thing is, it's just like TV. So, like, if you look at TV from the eighties and TV today. You have T from the 80s, you had a cable box that was attached to a uh, electronic, you know, wire that came to right. you and you had, you know, probably 30 channels if that to choose from. Once mm-hmm. cable came on the scene. So like, you know, think about it today with genres and subgenres of of rock and roll. Back then, it was just kind of like, you know, you had heavy metal you had psychedelic rock. You had the '70s rock, the '60s right. rock. That's all you had. Today we have, you know, grindcore, death metal, hardcore, black metal. I mean, there's just so many just subcategories yeah. of each genre that it's hard to keep up. Just like today, was TV. There's so many different shows. How can anyone watch them all? I remember back when I was, you know, when I was 16, 17 years old, we I would I would have seen every single movie in the movie theater. Now, it's like there's so many movies that come out every week. How can anybody keep up with every single movie in the right. movies? You know what I'm saying? It's just, right. it's just there's so many more people. There's so many more subgenres, and it's impossible to,
1: to listen to it all. But interestingly enough, man, a lot of what I'm noticing in mainstream media today, whether it be you know, movies or music or you know, books or whatever else, a lot of it is reproduction of things that have already occurred. Like, oh, yeah. like, for instance, July 19th, you've got the brand new Lion King coming mm-hmm. out and you've got movie, the Marvel and DC reboots, and... reboots, Yeah, you know, and, and every, and it's just movies about old books. I feel like, I feel like there's no originality. That's what I'm saying. Society today has lost touch with originality because mm-hmm. it's all been done. And a lot of this, how it pertains to music in the eighties, if you guys are wondering where this tangent's going is what you hear today in music is a lot of over synthesized, button pushing you know you know electronic type media stuff right which back in the 80s that's when the synth the synthesizing stuff started getting really big because before that you didn't hear a whole lot of like synthesizing different things you know Pete Townsend a little bit with well, you know Bob about who that's what I'm talking about right there <laughs> exactly. You throw a little beat behind that. Look at that little thing. I wish you guys could see the face that Mark's making right now. Yeah. (laughs) and I run (laughs) you know that's a sick little yeah that's a good little thing but that's what I'm talking about is that's this is where music started branching off in a very different direction because you had it you had the blues the blues movement coming through that graduated into the psychedelic kind of anti-war movement Mm -hmm. that graduated into the psychedelic movement that now people wanted a little bit something a little bit harder a little bit harder and now they started branching off in the 80s to visuals because, you know, obviously in 1981, that's when MTV came on, right? Mm. And the first music video ever played on MTV was the Buggles video killed the radio star. And that was very indicative of what was to come. Everybody knows the first video. But what was the second video? The second video. What was this? Oh, I know it, too. I, I know it. Uh, 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 <coughs> you better run, Pat Benatar. Oh, OK. Really? Mm -hmm. Good for her. That's right. Good for her. You Better Run Mm. by
0: Pat Benatar. I just remember when MTV came out, it was, you know, Billie Jean
1: and Karma Chameleon and Madonna. Well, that set the stage. You just hit it right there. Michael Jackson set the stage for music videos because when Thriller came out, who the fuck is going to touch that? That was the greatest selling album of all time, right? Yeah. I remember Thriller came out and, and
0: it was around, kind of around Christmas and so we were at my uncle's house. It was Christmas night and we were all just, you know, chilling out after presents and stuff. And all of a sudden thriller started and I'd, I'd never seen it before. And I think it was, it was some, so, so it was 1982. Right. And so I remember, you know, the part where he turns into the wolf man. And he said, he's said like, get away. And he turns around. And he has got those yellow eyes
1: and he starts laughing. And me and
0: my, me and my cousin <laughs> are the same age. So we were probably like, you know, like seven, eight years old. Yeah. And he turns, and we just freaked out. Yeah, that's scary shit for freaked that time. Freaked out and started screaming, crying, and like,
1: yeah, yeah, get out of here.
0: Yeah, that was scary shit. It was. For that time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And now. The zombie makeup was was killer. Tom Savino
1: nailed it. The choreography. Yeah. You know, that's a little bit more pop stuff, guys, but, you know, still, it's very, it's very significant and very indicative of the future in the music industry because that set the precedence for what's to come. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So music videos, that's that was the realm. And that song by the Buggles, that was incredibly correct. Right. You know, video literally killed the radio star. That's it. That's you it. know what I mean? Done. I mean, it died out in a little bit of the later years. You know, I would say in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah. You know, two thousand, even the nineties. was I mean, huge now on you got videos. YouTube, and
0: all, all the kids are still, if, according to, you know to, to what I know, they're all still watching videos, but they're on YouTube, they're on MTV, right? Well, that's, that's where
1: it switched over to. Well, that's also the reason I feel like you know music videos died is because the the over power hungry and money monetarily hungry industry that we have today right? right you can't even watch a youtube video without list you can't watch a four fucking minute music video without having 16 ads in the bitch i'm so sick of it that's what i'm saying i mean i i know you can pay for the you know youtube that's the red shit. or whatever but that's the bullshit right? exactly pay money because pay me right you want to watch no ads pay me right because when i was a kid and i'm and you weren't a kid at the but time but
0: there were commercials on mtv
1: rarely. I mean, but they there had were they had commercials. But they had hour blocks or so of like in the morning when you were getting ready for school, what were you doing? You popped on fucking MTV of course, and yeah. you were watching music video countdowns. Yeah. All morning long. Oh yeah. You know, you might have a little commercial yeah, in Adam Curry or doing the top 10 yeah. at, at every night and Absolutely. Kurt Kurt Loder was doing the news, yeah. and Headbangers Ball. Yeah, Ricky Rackman was doing Headbangers Ball. And Absolutely. And that was the coolest part because you didn't have to wait for interviews of bands to show up on YouTube or hear about them electronically through Facebook no. means that you were getting interviews in between intermittent music videos. But yeah, they had to do it that way because right. there was no web, you know? Well, yeah, the internet started getting, getting not, I wouldn't say prominent. It started coming out in the early 80s, in 1983. That's when that's when the internet started rolling around. Yeah, but, but... Nobody n- took it seriously at like the Until like n- 1990. Right, right. Nobody took it seriously at the time. Right. You know what I mean? And computers were all, all, also like three grand. Yeah. For a piece of horseshit like two megabyte hard drive right. refrigerator that clicked right. and made beep sounds, like
0: my best friend, his father was
1: a computer guy,
0: and like literally his entire one of this, this rooms in his entire basement was these giant processor machines. Exactly, and they were processing like what like sixteen bits. <laughs> yeah, and that was like impressive, you know. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, but see, yeah, that's that's one of the beautiful staples. Like the '80s is not my favorite genre, but I do appreciate things in music history that are absolute staples of things to come, and, oh, yeah. and that's and that's another reason why we started this podcast. At least for me, is because it's all been fucking done. Now the '80s was also a big time for the, the Christian community to come in and
0: stomp all oh, over my the metal God, community. God, yeah. I remember going; to, my mother dragging me to church one time, and it was the whole thing was about. How there was all these satanic pretenses to all of these, you know, albums out there. Like the Scorpions had a picture of this, you know, half naked girl on, or she was naked, I guess. Oh, well, yeah, the Virgin Killer album. Yeah. You know, and they were just like they're satanic, and you know, the the Ozzy Osbournes, they're satan, Judas Priest satanic, you know, the Slayer satanic, which they are, I guess. But I mean, it's it's only if you yeah. if you're like you really like trying to go that way. Well,
1: every, th- that was still the staple of that time period was to have m- fucking sex missionary with the lights off. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. was still a very closed generation and I feel like the 80s, the hair metal, the Motley Crue, the Guns N' Roses, the Def Leppards, the Twisted Sisters, all that kind of shit blew the fucking doors off of you know, modern societal norms. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that shit that you were talking about was, was led or, or tip of the spear by Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, then Senator Gore, because she started the parents music research research center, which like you said, began attacking these albums, which led to the parental advisory. Yeah. which led to the parental advisory stickers being placed on these albums. And incidentally, you know, because of that, it led to major chain stores like Target, Walmart, all these big, you right. know, big corporations pulling these albums off the shelf. So you had they, they in a sense went underground with these albums. They tried to force them out. You mm. know what I mean? But but to me, and I think I think it, it's you can see it in the numbers and album sales and things like that and interests. It didn't it didn't have a really it had a, a, a <clears throat> reverse effect because it all it all it did was add an allure. That these metal bands wanted. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is sick. This is, you know, this is not suitable for work. You better listen to this in your room. Volume 211, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like this, it started becoming Forbidden Fruit, which if we know anything about Forbidden Fruit in history, (laughs) you know what I mean? Everybody wants what they can't have. Exactly. So, so so fuck you, Tipper Gore. Sorry, but, uh, didn't work. Mm. And even D. Snyder, he came through, God, how much scrutiny did he go through on trial? like straight up fucking trial for this shit. And he has so much. I was, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah.
0: He yeah. Steiner had so much horrible times getting that band to where they had to be to even get signed. I right. mean, they were getting looked at by Electra and Electra was like, you know, yeah, yeah. The scout was like, yeah, we want them. These guys are filling up this, this club in New York every single night of the week and then the, you know the, the the main guy from Electra would listen to it and go no i don't want this. these guys are a joke so they had they actually had to get signed as a sublet through Electra and go to to uh to England and play a circuit in England before they even got recognized on american radio right as as a, as a really good rock band and this is you know and then of course you know it led to the, you know after they got signed for real they they uh they had their their iconic videos, you know. Yeah. They had um you know. Come on, feel the noise. No, that was Quiet Riot. But was it? it? Was, was it Quiet the, Riot? That's come out. Yeah, yeah. But no, and Bang Your Head was Quiet Riot as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. No, it was. Um, I want to rock. Yeah. And um. Yeah, that guy was that was that one of the Bucies, the dad in that video. It might have been. What do you want to do with your yeah. life? I want yeah, I want to rock. And fucking D. Snyder uh-huh. and the rest of the gang, all New York dolls up, come fucking kicking in the door. I know I bring them up a lot, but they were very iconic. I don't feel like they get enough recognition They yet. don't. The New York they Dolls don't. 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 They started a lot. I mean, they were shit musicians, but they were absolute insane showmen. Right. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Which, wow. yeah. you know, that was that was cool. But see, along those same lines like you were talking about, uh, these, these bands did... Go through an intense amount of scrutiny, like Pat Benatar, <clears throat> you know, like she went through a, an intense amount of scrutiny, and so did Joan Jett. Joan yeah, Jett people just like, like look. They look at Pat. somebody says Pat Benatar. They look at her and go, "Oh yeah, Love Is a Battlefield." She was
0: really good back in the eighties on, on MTV. But like you said, they don't realize before
1: that whole yeah video
0: yeah, yeah. That video her, movement that, like that made her
1: right. There was there was a, there was a story to be had. Yeah, and uh, and and Joan Jett had a bad time too coming up she, and that's hard to believe though because she's so talented dude in in the 80s in the very i think it was actually 1980 she was rejected by 23 different record companies it was all it was a man's world back then that's right 19 and she's a ass, dude yeah, there wasn't very that's many a bad woman back then. yeah and yes yeah, rejected by 23 different record companies the woman literally had to create her own company blackheart records and sell uh she printed like something like five thousand albums Five thousand albums that's and selling crazy. them outside the back of a van outside the venue after playing a show
0: that's
1: crazy, yeah, it's fucking crazy, but anyway, so moving on a little bit, interestingly enough, with the eighties in this all there's always a little bit of a battle, I wouldn't say a battle but like a little bit of a competition between we're not gonna take it that was the other one yeah, but that's course. right yeah yeah, we're, yeah we're not was a take it um my dad actually met uh D. He, Snyder. Oh, did he? Yeah, my dad used to do these cigar conventions. He's cool as fuck. Yeah, that's what my dad said. Dad said he was a really cool guy. They, my dad used to do these big cigar conventions over in Vegas all the time and D. Snyder happened to be a one. He met Tommy Lee over there one, Mike Tyson. You're right. Oh, yeah, all sorts of people. But uh, there's always been a little unsettled competition between the British rock movement and in America. Right? So we I had a Huh? Yeah, I could see where you're saying. Yeah, they had a there there was a lot of scrutiny back then. With, uh, not scrutiny, but competition in between the British rock movement. Because <clears throat> they had a stronghold on it since the 60s. Right. Yeah. And then and then kind of America kind of took it back and with the like, 80s. No, we got some people
0: here. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: You know, and they, they're just a lot of great. We got Billy Idol. Yeah. We got <laughs> Billy Idol. He's coming through with white weddings and all sorts of kind of shit. But uh, so, so another band that went through a lot of scrutiny during that time is Def Leppard. Def Leopard went through a ton of scrutiny before Pyromania came out. Yeah. Pyromania yeah. hit the stage, and that fucking album blew the doors. Was it Australian or New Zealand? I can't remember. Oh, one of the, aren't they the same place? I can't remember. <laughs> People from Australia right now, we have a, a bunch of listeners in Australia, The fuck you, motherfucker. That's probably not how they sound. I had to lose track, but uh, I
0: remember now the first band, that? not really a band, but the first album I believe that had the parental advisory sticker placed was that Two Live Crew album.
1: With that. Really?
0: <laughs> so horny. That, that
1: one. That's <laughs> that silly ass album. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so, um, oh, also, in the very early 80s, 1981, we remember a little bit about Phil Collins in the air tonight with one of the most iconic drum breaks of all time. Isn't it so sad, though, that today Phil Collins is deaf?
0: Yeah. Like, pretty much 90% deaf. Yeah. Still making music. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, here he's gone. <laughs> hearing's gone Yeah, hearing's gone That's but cool. yes that probably is one of the most iconic songs ever written yeah you know? definitely in, one in of the, the most... air tonight yeah. is, is definitely one of my all time 80's favorite yeah songs, definitely so. one of the most iconic drum breaks besides the studio <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know uh, where was it Genesis that was yep. the band he was in yep and they had a
1: couple 80's hits as well you know yep. back in those days what are you doing over here, Mark's well, over here I'm... fucking playing weird songs, trying to get copyright infringements on us. <laughs> yeah, they're, right. they're gonna fucking these these people on these podcasts, man. I'm telling you, they previously I heard things. the symbol. Yeah, I heard for the symbol, Rio. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, they're they'll take your shit down in a fucking heartbeat, man. So another big thing with the '80s, with the music video stuff, with that came a strong sense of... And a lot of people will say this. You'll read a lot of critic reviews, and a lot of people will say this. A lot of uh, you know, rock historians and these type of things. They're going to say this, that with uh, Video Kill and the Radio Star, these bands actually started focusing a lot more on visual representations of their music rather than the music itself.
0: And a perfect example of that, one of the very early MTV people... Was one of the, and also one of the one-hit wonders? Was a flock of seagulls doing yep. Iran. Right. I mean that video with him with the mirrors and just like going around in circles holding his synthesizer, yeah, and you know all decked out in his little glam rock deal. Yeah. I mean that was a very iconic video
1: for of that of those times. Oh yeah. And there was a fucking shit ton of those one-hit wonders. They were, I mean, that was if if any decade for one-hit wonders was to be, you know, symbolized and put it in Wikipedia in bold fucking 80s. letters and '80s, dude. For sure, '80s, dude. For you sure. had like bands like Devo with "Whip It," "Whip It," yeah, "Whip It," good. That's right. You That's know, right. the That's Buggles, obviously. You know that they were one. You know, Modern English, "I'm Out With You." Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Gary Newman, "Cars," oh, "In yeah. Cars." Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun. there's that synthesizing you know what i mean soft sell tainted love you know wall of voodoo mexican radio modern en- modern english melt with you that was a big one yeah that was a big one you know what i mean and aha and, uh-huh, probably the biggest one oh uh-huh, yeah with take the car, on me with, with the cartoon race yeah. track race race car guy yeah, yeah, yeah oh man that was that was the video and then the ever so absolutely loving men without hats the safety <laughs> dance yeah. i fucking hated that <laughs> shit dude I hated that I hey come on Eileen.
0: Oh god, those two are just, I'll come on um, Eileen. Well, you know, so would I, but you know I hated the song. But uh oh my god, yeah, you're so right. I remember back in those days, man, it was it was it was rough because, you know, either you were sitting by the radio trying to request or, or, or wait for a song to come on, or you were watching M T V waiting for your song to come on. So like we were constantly waiting 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 for you know like you know we were waiting for beastie boys to come on with sabotage we were oh we were waiting for the for for Aerosmith with Run DMC, Walk This, walk oh, this Way. Dude. We were waiting for that. Oh. We were waiting for... A close, Anthrax close, and Public Enemy. Close Your Eyes from Lita Ford and Ozzy Osbourne. We were waiting for that. I mean, it was just like hours just waiting. Like, come on, just play it. Come on, man, just play it.
1: Right. <laughs> well, that's the first time that should have been seen. Nobody would like associated... Vi- well, I mean, you obviously associated visuals in your own head with music. That's the psychedelic shit coming at you. Yeah. But like nobody, nobody was able to see these people. Like if you wanted to see what Bruce Springsteen looked looked like you had to see him on the fucking album cover or in a magazine right or something like exactly. that or go see him live right you couldn't yeah. just flip on your television and see bruce springsteen doing his fucking thing right yeah. you couldn't see that right so this was a, an absolutely groundbreaking ground shaking thing and these artists began you know tailoring their music around this stuff and a beautiful example of that to me is the talking heads
0: Yes, love, love those guys. You
1: know, well, you know the talking heads, like the CBGB days talking heads. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, listen, go listen to like 70s talking heads. Right? Psycho Killer. Yeah. say que ce They've always been a little bit college rocky, which is cool. That was cool in their own mm-hmm. right. But then go listen to their early 80s stuff. When they started pump, pumping out music videos. It's all synthesized, very, you know, repetitive. Big smiles, hey, everybody. everybody. Synthesizers. Yeah, lots of neon colors, lots of big bright smiles, I lots mean, of big flash.
0: Shit. Look at Frankie Goes to Hollywood. That's another one hit wonder. Relax. Right, Relax. Ha ha ha. You know, it's like right. Oh god! right it's
1: synthesizers and and also back in that time, too, with all of that going on, music was music, I think in the eighties was more was more socially accepted right because you had the sixties and the seventies people who listened to the that 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 anti war movement psychedelic. Hippie piece music, you know, and even the rock and roll versions, they were they were still sort of in the underground, right? Oh, they were there. Because they were even fighting disco, like we talked about last week. They were fighting disco, which was the mainstream. That was the accepted stuff, because it was the G-rated shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They were still sort of in in the bass. But now, rock music is starting to make a face for itself, and it's starting to make itself a little bit more present in society. Like, shit, even Ronald Reagan wanted to use Born in the USA, Springsteen, mm-hmm. as his campaign song. Mm-hmm. And, and that song's making fun of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's making fun of the fucking
0: campaign, you know. And he still wanted to use it. They just wanted to have the youth involved with their campaign, right? And that's how the music, right. You know, we like rock the vote back in the back mm-hmm. in the early nineties. You know, that was the whole campaign with Al Gore and everything else, right? Trying to get the youth involved with with with, uh, with with politics.
1: I wonder if he if that's when he actually found the man bear pig. <laughs> you think that's when he ran the man bear pig? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Him and his crazy fucking wife, Tipper Gore. <laughs> crazy. I wonder, I, I, I want to be a fly on the wall when they're fucking right. Oh my I bet God. you the lights Please, are all don't off. even go there. Complete missionary. Uh. Just very quiet. I mean, maybe he's like one university, like one anniversary. You think like he might've slapped his wife's ass once oh. or something. Oh no, he didn't make a sound dude. There was guaranteed. <laughs> there wasn't a single sound. He was looking at the headboard like a hundred percent.
0: Okay. So on <laughs> to, uh, on to uh, another, group called the cars the cars i love the cars the cars i thought the cars you know they're not maybe so like heavy rock but like those guys you know they had a lot of good songs back in back in those days and a lot of good videos you might think if you remember that video you might think i'm crazy that was an awesome video they had that model in her in, in her uh towel Mm. and they had the dude like he was like three inches tall like honey i shrunk the kids type thing yeah and she was running around like he he was he kept popping up and that was a very iconic video, you yeah. know, just like Cyndi Lauper with uh, "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," right? Super with with uh, with Lou Albano, the the wrestler. He was the dad in the video, and, and they were running around. He was trying to ch- you know chase them down. I mean, there were just so many iconic videos of the '80s that, like, you know, there was, you know, by by, by the time the '90s came around, MTV kind of fizzled out until the grunge. But you know.
1: Well, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head as well as another groundbreaking thing with these music videos is you had the pop scene and they were bringing sex into it. You know, I mean, the hair guys, the hair metal guys, they they had the girls run around, you know, girls, girls, girls. They yeah. had that shit. Molly Crew had that shit yeah. going on and they were present. But it wasn't. like I feel like the pop scene actually sexualized music in that time. Like Madonna. Look at who, who, who Madonna and Prince who have been bigger sex symbols. Yeah. Yeah. In, in music history. Honestly. Honest, honest
0: you, to God. You know, Michael tried, but. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> right. For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons, right. Like M- Madonna, like those songs like Papa Don't Preach, Like a Virgin. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Selling mm-hmm. sex. All these kind of things. Oh, yeah. she, they, she was selling sex. Like that's what it is it? She did that iconic, uh, that iconic, ooh, what yeah. was that sound? Was that the sound of an IPA? That was the old uh, hazy little thing. The, the, the crispy, crispy Sierra sound Nevada. of the Sierra Nevadas. <laughs> uh, but no, that, she did that iconic crotch grab. Right? Oh, yeah. And her video. And that's, that's I mean, that... And the big way. cone boobs. Was, it, that was a big thing for back then. Right. And that paved the way to our, what, today's Miley Cyrus's. Oh, yes. You know, our Iggy yeah. Azalea's, all these different... You
0: know, Miley Cyrus these days is, is trying to go to the rock and roll. She's, <laughs> of course I, she is, because people are she's sick doing, of shit. She's doing covers of Metallica. You know, I don't know if anybody's seen the new Black Mirrors, but there was a mm-hmm. black... There was the last Black Mirror was with Molly, Miley Cyrus, and she was doing her little rock and roll deal... On, on that Black Mirror episode, and now in real life, she's actually doing that. Really? Yeah, that's, that's her thing now. That's
1: disappointing to me. Um, see, so you see what I'm saying, it's though? It's fake. It's all
0: fake, man. Back days. to my
1: previous fucking point. There is no originality in music, so people nowadays are going back Reverts. and redoing what other people have already done because it's all been fucking done before. Exactly. It has all been done before exactly and back in those okay so back in those days too we did have a couple saving graces right we had we had a few real real musicians holding it down for the hard rock guys right we had stevie ray vaughn he was still doing his thing right george mm-hmm. Thorogood, he mm-hmm. was still doing his thing zz top pink floyd yep they were doing their things right in the distance so they were kind of shadowed for a little while right well, and didn't, they didn't want to get too close they did, did
0: what they did a couple uh they ad- had a following. They, they didn't want to get into the MTV no. limelight because that, that, that to them was kind of like selling out.
1: Right, right. And But see, something very interesting that I didn't even know is Clapton. Actually, started getting into the 80s shit. Oh my god. With this synthesized. In unplugged? Shit. Oh my lord. Oh my god. I didn't really know a whole lot about that until I started watching it. and I was Tears like, in what? heaven. Yeah. For God's sakes. Yeah, that's why I want played play my funeral, Mark. Yeah, I'm all... You better play it. I could play it on guitar for you. You're me. my boy, Blue. Oh, yeah. I, You're was, my boy. I was actually practicing that song the other day. Were you? Oh yeah. Beautiful. But then, okay, so we got past all that shit. Now, the big hairbands. Hairbands. shit hair bands right skid row poison white snake 82 here yeah. we go again all that shit motley crew just i can't wh- say enough man motley crew was like the the pinnacle of hair bands right and, and and with all that too a lot of their music if you go back and listen to it right it's it's good tunes a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's good, you know, the scorpions and stuff. You yeah. know, I never liked poison. I never thought Brett Michaels was very talented. Yeah, just open up and say ah. That was the only one I, I cared for when it, when they first yeah. came on the scene. That was it. But their 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 music because they put so much emphasis on this sex selling, visual representation of music rather than on their records, it started to become insanely overproduced. Yeah, because they wanted everybody to be brett michaels on
0: stage right. you know like every who he was getting signed you know was was just like oh well that uh, was the that was the flavor of the Cinderella month. are you going to be as good as uh as brett michaels
1: <laughs> right that was that was fucking that was the one thing i like about rat rat didn't sell out right you know well that was that was part of those those group of thrash metal bands that were kind of playing off in the distance because you know they didn't get a whole lot of play they were the underground at that time oh yeah the thrash metal bands you know the metallicas the slayers anthrax megadeth all that kind of shit they were they were on the back Dio, Mm. you know rjd they he he, they were on the back burner because nobody i mean the like what, what do you call them dead uh, grunge heads or what do you call them oh, the dirty burners the dirty burners Yeah, they were yeah. all the dirty burners <laughs> yeah the, the, dirty, <laughs> the dirty burners were over there listening to the new anthrax record or the new Exact raining blood with slayer or, uh, metallica iron, iron maiden but see funny enough when this shit when this 80s overproduced music video neon color bullshit kind of faded to black <laughs> 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 they were the only ones left right because they still had their following hmm Right? And moving into the heavier quote unquote grunge movement of the nineties, they were still applicable. They were still very much alive and exactly. very much selling records and very much putting out fantastic fucking music. Whereas Brian Adams was sucking a dick somewhere. Yeah, sucking a dick somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> and even like I, I kinda liked Bon Jovi for a while. I liked him for a while, but they did fall into that that very overproduced fucking weird now, Bon Jovi was good. On Slippery One Wet.
0: Slippery One Wet, yeah. Nineteen eighty six. They just sold out and just started like being like M T puppets. Yeah. And know? Sam Bora didn't even like it. And I'm from New Jersey. He was pissed. I, I I I really wanna back them, but I can't I can't because they were terrible after after Slippery One Wet. They were just like l- lapping up all of the you know, riches and 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 oh, and, yeah. and, and just everything that they could from the M T V.
1: Oh yeah absolutely man you also had a lot of other weird shit going on in society at that time man like the 80s was fucking crazy like you had the challenger blowing up in 86 you know you had chernobyl two months later in 86 fucking blowing up they found the titanic wreckage in 85 did uh anybody ever tell you what color christy mcauliffe eyes were i don't know they were blue one blue this way one blue that way <laughs> did anybody ever <laughs> tell you that Chris mcauliffe had dandruff no they found her head and shoulders on the beach.
0: Oh! <laughs> too, soon? <laughs>
1: too soon? Oh, I that hope was not. awful. People are going to be fucking pissed. Yeah, you had Gorbachev fucking tearing down his walls. You know, you had the massacre over there at Tenement Square. The Exxon Valdez fucking crazy disaster in and Don't Alaska. forget the
0: Scorpions made that specific song, Wind of Change, just because of the Berlin Wall and because of their descent from Germany. Right. So, if you guys uh, don't know what the Wind of Change is, it's, it's a very icon- iconic song at that time.
1: I'll tell you what. I love I, one a couple of bands that I really enjoy because I, I don't know I mean I gotta be in the mood for the hair metal Rio B wagon Journey well, well no not really <laughs> no dude White Snake and Scorpions sometimes dude every those...
0: time I think of oh no that wasn't White Snake what was that one where where <laughs> Great White remember that song oh yeah yeah they had that one song. But uh, every time, I, every time I, somebody says "Great White," I, I think of that club that burned down and all those people died oh, inside because of their pyrotechnics for you know went went
1: crazy. This is, this is getting real dark. It's
0: not, it is honestly. Uh,
1: yeah. This but is you know, the eighties were a dark time as well. They were a bright time and they were a dark time.
0: Daddy's home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whenever tell me like whenever you're driving in your car and you really want to get down, right? On some power ballads, you're gonna throw on some White Snake, right? You're gonna throw on some oh, Scorpions, yeah. or you're gonna kick on some Motley Crue "Home Sweet Home." Like nobody, yeah. like we were talking about how that Phil Collins that, uh, that drum solo or that drum uh, intro, right? We're talking about this keyboard, this piano intro, <strong inhale> that "Home Sweet Home." You know, I'm a just dreamer. today I was listening to kickstart um, my heart, <speaking and singing in>
0: right? <wszystkings> you know, right? I love it. Did you ever see Motley? No, I, I, I always wished, I wish I would have seen them a few years ago when they came here. That's when I saw him. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, you know, he was upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was. Yeah, they were good. I though. was working a,
1: a Fagwire scan that day. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Vince Neal wasn't very good. Nah, well, yeah, he's older now. Wasn't so. very good. I'll tell you what, they played with Alice Cooper, and that 73 year old man beat the motherfucking brakes off of Motley Crue. Mm. Dude, okay. he came out here with this thirty-foot damn Frankenstein and his boa constrictor and all mm-hmm. this crazy shit. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I wish I would have went. I wish you would have went too, man.
0: Dire Straits. They're a very underrated band. I just want to mention them because those guys were key in one of the MTV genre. You know, going on the uh, roller coaster of what we call videos yeah yeah they were sure.
1: they were good never never one of my favorites but i definitely sultans appreciate of them.
0: swing money for nothing i mean <laughs> they were just you know
1: every guitar player just the sultans of swing that always like that chorus like made me feel yeah. weird inside i love that chorus. we are the sultans oh we're the Sultan's of Swing. It always just made me feel strange as a person. Like whenever Saving I listen it up
0: for Friday night, right? You ever
1: watch something on TV and like you have to you have to physically change the channel because you become a little bit embarrassed, right? That was one of those songs that like when I when I hear it, like it's I can appreciate the instrumentals, but when I hear him, we are the Sultan's. He comes in. It kind of makes me feel like my skin crawl a little bit. It makes me feel weird. I have to change it real quick before I get embarrassed. Volbeat does that to me. Hey, going back to. Um,
0: the videos take on me by aha Now, uh, wham came out around the same time as well <laughs> yeah and
1: duran duran
0: yeah well duran dude I, I i don't know you can say what you want about duran duran i, I can do some have, of their stuff yes pretty good talent man yeah you know they came out you know and they were hitting it just as hard as prince was at the same time you know
1: hitting it mm,
0: yeah they were bro as big as prince they were man back in the 80s i remember you know, really? the, the girls were, they were wanting Prince and they were wanting Duran Duran at the really? same time. They
1: oh. were, funny you should say that, is Duran Duran's playing a small venue show in Central Florida near my hometown in Titusville coming up soon. You know who's not? Who? Prince. <laughs> <laughs> <Too soon. laughs> yeah, those, those pop musicians they sure do love their drugs well, look in the purple rain oh we will find gonna, them oh, dude you can't say it. dude you're gonna have fucking riots of people attacking you i just learned how to play friends. purple rain on guitar the other day Did you? and sing it we're gonna we're gonna go play it after this we can we we're can. gonna we're gonna do it it's we're pretty, gonna sing some karaoke it's pretty
0: pretty freaking easy
1: actually let's go sing some 80s songs after this mark i i'm totally down for that we're gonna do that we're gonna do that so but yeah so and also uh some iconic shit that came out ending the 80s stuff was Neil Young. Oh yeah. Rocking in the free world. Yeah. Harvesting. (laughs) Harvesting. Yeah. (laughs) That old harvesting southerner guy. Yeah. (laughs) That guy. The 80s was cool, man. Like, I don't know. There was just, there was a lot of great things, a lot of transitional things, a lot of powerful things. Now we're going to go into actual
0: 80s stuff too. We have to mention the cure, the Pesh mode, Morrissey that was the other side the smithereens i mean we're talking about the alternate alternative of the 80s late 80s that's you man yeah i you know i, that's I can't your say jam. enough about robert smith and the cure man robert smith to me is one of the best iconic musicians of our era i mean he's he just is the song that's a bold statement my he's friend. A, he's a freaking songwriter dude and he just had a, a movie come out that premieres, um, I think, this week in theaters. Really? So if you guys said I want to check that out, go check him out because I'm telling you, Robert Smith, man, you know he may just look like some kind of, you know, lipstick wearing, you know, uh, depressed, you know, demented songwriter, but he he actually has a lot of genius behind what he's doing, and his guitar licks and his his melodies are just insane if you've never listened to the cure you should go check them out i mean especially an album called kiss me kiss me kiss me it's one of my favorites so, yeah
1: yeah yeah far out man yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh another one we have to mention before people start getting upset is guns and roses
0: yes they were there before 90
1: yes they were there yeah. barely yeah they were there but they were there appetite uh, came out yeah the whole the whole sun strip sunset strip whiskey a go-go Crazy. See, when I see when I hear
0: Sunset Strip, I think Motley Crue. But I guess Guns they and were R- all Guns, there, Guns, Guns and Roses
1: came later. Yeah, but they were all there. They were. They were. I, yeah, I, I know that. And God dang it, Axl Rose makes me so upset in my in my heart. He makes me so very fucking upset. Mark, have you ever seen the movie
0: Rock of Ages? Yes. I remember when the 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 guy was like. Okay, we we're, we're, they were at the arena for the, or the stadium that they were going to perform at, and he's like, "Now I want everybody to go away from this half of the stadium because I'm going to take a nap."
1: That, That's Axel. That
0: was Axel Rose. They yeah. modeled that Tom Cruise character after
1: Axel Rose. I bet he was a giant douchebag, dick man, giant dickhead, freakouts on stage. I remember I remember watching some video where he stopped the show, jumped down. And smashed some kid's camera for taking pictures of his show. Well, Josh Homme did the Queens of the Stone Age last year, but <laughs> why?
0: He was drunk and he didn't really... he was kind of in the moment, and he apologized to the to the woman that he did it to after the fact. But yeah, yeah he he did that too. But, but why? Just because he's drunk, man, and so, and he sees a camera in his face, he's like, "Man, get out of
1: my face." And well, I kind of get that in the sense because it drives me fuck like zero to 60 blood boiling when somebody people all these fucking people have their goddamn phones out oh dude during the show i get it but dude like really are you ever gonna watch that video again dude no never nobody gives a shit and if you
0: want to watch that video again go to youtube and watch somebody who is actually in a better seat than you with
1: professional audio exactly there's videos of the show exactly you know what I'm saying? It's I never pull my phone like out on a show. Ignorant, ever. Like it's it's okay. Like we talked about this a little bit in the first episode. You, it's okay to pull out your phone and take a 20 second clip and be like, like as a postcard. Like check it out. I was 20 feet away from yeah, Eddie Rob Better, Zombie, Yeah, Rob you Zombie. You know, whatever. yeah, whoever, whatever. But but it how but would... to sit there and film. Every freaking song. And how utterly, absolutely, gutturally disrespectful
0: it is to the people behind To me, it's almost like filming fireworks. You're going to film and go, ooh, ooh, that's cool. But then you're never going to fucking watch it again.
1: Yeah, like, what are you going to – is your buddy going to be like, yo, bro, can you please send me that picture or that video of the fireworks again? (laughs) Like, I really want to see that video. Like, I want to post on my – is it okay if I post on my Instagram? There was only one concert
0: that I've ever been to where that would have been worth it. And that was the Flaming Lips at the Hangout Festival and they had so many visuals and they brought so many props and they did a double set. They did their their original set and then they did it followed by Dark Side of the Moon of of their take that that that's that that to me that's the only concert I would ever want the beginning to
1: the end on my phone. But still so even then, dude, like cuz you I don't care what anybody says. You physically cannot capture the energy bliss and sheer experience of a show, no. of a concert on your phone. And you are not fucking, you're not fucking paying attention. Right. If you're on your phone, you are not, you paid good money right. to be here and see these people like you. It's just, it's absolutely, utterly and gutturally re fucking ridiculous to me. But anyway, back to Guns N' Roses. Axl Rose was an asshole and, and, uh... But they were all musical
0: geniuses. Of they were tough. They they were, freaking. They stepped in at the right time. Yep. And you know, I remember walking into my seventh grade dance. It was probably the first dance I ever went to, and back in those days when I was like a little teeny bopper. Yeah. And I remember walking in, and Welcome to the Jungle just started, and it was like, mm. you know, and everybody, all the dirty burners were there with their it's Iron Maiden burners. t-shirts, and dude, it was just like, you know, Guns N' Roses was the shit dirty burners dirty burners back then <laughs>
1: yeah they were and, and i i think you absolutely are right in the fact that they were all they were all very strong musicians like especially slash obviously everybody knows who slashes yeah i don't need to talk about slash all fucking day you know he's an incredible musician you know he's an absolute rape tape raped ape and on duff Les is Paul. underrated as well mckeegan he's a great guy and it's funny too because uh kurt cobain i always, I always bring him up he hated uh axl rose like a lot and yeah. one of the last people to talk to kurt was Duff McKeegan. They were on the same flight together when uh, Kurt broke out of rehab and was flying back to Seattle. Oh wow! Yeah, they were like on the same flight and sat there That's, and chit chatted a little What are bit. the chances of that? That's what I'm saying, right? And then you know Stephen Adler, great drummer, yeah, great drummer, and actually until he got booted. Right until he got, booted. well, he was f- fucked up. Have you ever seen like an interview modern day with Stephen Adler? <laughs> dude, he looks like fucking he gorking out of his fucking mind, dude. He can't even talk. He looks like he has Down syndrome. He does. I'm serious. I love the drum. If you, he's just gorked out of his fucking. I'd be back in the band, and uh, uh, you yeah, you're fucking look like you have cerebral fucking palsy, dude. Like there's no way. But uh, but anyway, so uh, that's our a little bit about the '80s. It was a very beneficial and very uh, influential time. Now
0: going into the '90s, though, I mean, Depeche Mode and The Cure, like I was talking about, Trent Reznor. That's where he got all of his inspiration from. Most of his inspirations came from Depeche Mode. And so when he, when Pretty Hate Machine made it to the top of the charts, he went to a function and Depeche Mode was there. And it was, that was like his, oh my God moment. Like I've made it because he got to actually hang out with the guys from Depeche Mode.
1: Right, right. And, and obviously towards the, the late 80s, that's exactly what birthed. The 90s bands like Guns N' Roses yeah. and Poison, all these hair metal bands, is exactly what the folks of the 90s were rebelling against. Right. All of these, because if you notice, like the folks of the 90s, your Nirvanas, your your Mud Honeys, your Melvins, you know, your your Pearl Jam's, all these all these bands, they hated doing music videos. They thought it was the cheesiest, stupidest, dumbest fucking thing they've ever seen in their life. Right. Right. right? So it kind of reverted back full circle, and that's when the 80s. Hair metal scene started to die, and that's when grunge was born. And that's also not only when grunge was born and the '80s hair metals was dying. That's also when the thrash metal bands started thriving.
0: But there was also bands who ate up the limelight in the in the, in the videos, like Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam, and, and so, well, so that old was... Pilots. Not that not maybe they were forced by their management, they were, but they were also you know Smashing Pumpkins. They were all in that you know well, own, that's you know the the, the, the classic videos. Of those, of that day.
1: It was also, but that was also the 80s set the precedence for that. You know what I mean? Oh, they yeah, said sure. that was the expectation because people sure. still wanted to see that kind of shit. And if you're going to make because it, you've got to do it. The time the 2000s rolled around, nobody gave a shit about videos. Yeah, exactly. And these people were, you know, the 90s bands, they hated it and they're very vocal about hating it, but they're, you know, their contracts are very tight. And this is what the record companies knew to make money, right? right? This is what they're going to make you do. And also Alice in Chains, they're on a different playing field, I feel like. And whenever anybody says that they were grunge, they, they weren't, they were metal. They had metal roots. Yeah. They were like oh. one of the only Seattle bands that came out of there that actually still maintained a thrash, a thrash metal but a metal root. You know what I mean? Okay. But anyway, oh, so we're going to do our album That's right. Uh, album yeah, yeah. review of the week real quick. Uh Age of Unreason, new album by Bad Religion. I thought it was excellent, man. I, I did thought, too. I
0: thought it was, you know, it was typical Bad Religion, it had the 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 punk, you know, three chords the, through the throughout the entire thing, but they they mixed it up a lot. They had different, you know, harmonies going on. You still had that 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 badass Bad Religion sound, you know that that's undeniable. Bad Religion, you know his voice is that's you know, Greg, you, man. You really can't, you know, Greg Graffin, awesome. You know, that that's why he's there. Bad Religion is because
1: of his voice, right. Right. And, uh, they, like, like you hit the nail on the head, man. They were very, very typical bad religion in the sense that you couldn't buy, there's, you couldn't buy a three minute song. They were all under three minutes right. except for the last song. The last song was like three minutes and nine seconds. I think that was their longest one. Yeah. What was your favorite? Uh, well, also with their instrumentals, their instrumentals, very heavy. They were a little heavy on the instrumentals to me, not in the sense of like content heavy, but in the sense that they kind of, to me, they kind of drowned it out. Uh, Graffin's voice. Just a hair.
0: A little bit. A little bit, you know. Um A little bit. I thought all in all, that the the that the, the whole album as as a whole
1: was very political too. Well, of course. That's indicative of of bad religion. That is their that is their niche, you know what I mean? That's Greg Graffin. He's very political. And it was a very D me you interpret it how you want. Um I loved End of history. That was a pretty good song. Yeah, my sanity and lose your head was my two favorites yeah, on that. Album. Those were both great songs. End of history was mine. Yeah, I like that. Uh, one, of, one of the lines in that in that song that I really like is Nos- nostalgia is now an excuse for stupidity. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love that because it's essentially you know meaning that we're living in a past time.
0: Well, not only that, it, to me it means you know all these reboots that are coming out. You know, mm-hmm. Disney has no
1: more originality. You know. Yeah, yeah, he was he was very like Grafton. He's usually like with his previous albums. The last I think the last Bad Religion album I actually purchased was New Maps of Hell, which was a good album. I forget what yeah. year that came out. Maybe 08, yeah. oh, yeah. maybe o nine, somewhere. somewhere around there. o seven, some something like that. But um, he was very forward in his. In his interpretations and his message on this album, you know, he had like Age of Unreason. He was he was talking about like man, man who received the uh, man who received the seal who puddled uh, brilliant lies and brought back tyranny. That's an obvious Trump. Trump stab. Yeah. And also later on, you know, he said big black dog and that song Big Black Dog is like little little traitor in chief. He's got a big black dog on a leash. You know, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. that's pretty blatant. Anti, that's pretty anti trump. That's pretty blatant, you know. Hey, well, you know You know what you're gonna get with bad religion. Exactly. You know what you're exactly. gonna get, you know what their message is, they are. fast punk beats, you know, punk overtones. You know, political political melodies, but very smooth. But they're very they're smooth. Super
0: smooth. Those guys right.
1: can can transition like no other punk band today. Right, and I think Greg Graffin always, to me, has been an incredible songwriter. He's a great writer i I, you know i have one of his first edition books uh, that i read and it that i actually read and got him to sign one thing about them i i can't believe how hard they were going on some of their songs like for their age
0: because you know if if you're making that album you have to go out and perform those songs oh yeah and those guys were pretty they were hitting those strings pretty freaking hard on this album yeah you yeah. know some of the songs. They were. I, I
1: don't know. I don't know if if they're all original. Band is with them, like Brian Baker, or Brooks. I don't think Brooks Wackerman's with them. I, I don't know. Or Greg Hetson. I don't. I don't know. I haven't followed them. Uh, you know, religiously in hey, quite a long time. Hey, anyway, yeah, yeah, I see what you did there. But we're gonna wrap it up, guys. As always, please, if you like our show, go ahead and go over to Apple iTunes and give us a review. I would much much and greatly appreciate it if you have any show suggestions or if you want to tell me to go fuck myself or tell mark to go fuck himself or if you guys want news please do yeah please email at willywhitbread69 at gmail.com bada boom bada bing next week we haven't quite picked the topic yet but i think i want to talk a little bit because it's all about me i want to talk a little bit about powerful female vocalists throughout time i'm down i think we might do it all right guys i hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend rock on peace